Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name's Panos and I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Badman. How are you doing, my brother? I'm well, mate. I'm well. Uh, s- what is it? Six and a half weeks into fatherhood. Beautiful. It. Best thing I ever did. The best. Uh, after, after marrying Rach, aside from marrying Rach, best thing sure. I ever did. So, totally. I'm probably even better than marrying Rach. Yeah, I think, I think babies are first and marriage is like second, yeah. Yeah. And the third could be if something that's all about you only. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you were sick last week, so we had to postpone. I was sick a couple of days ago. We postponed until today. I'm still yeah. nasally. And then everyone's I've like, just, sick again. I've actually literally just today started to feel a sore throat. So let's there get let's record this before one of us drops Lose off. our voice, huh? Yeah. So we promised that we're going to talk about Master Dogs. Luke has watched the final episode of that four-part series. <laughs> I watched Netflix. the last episode like half an hour ago. So, so you're fresh. You're fresh. I yeah. watched it a couple of weeks ago now, so I'm not as fresh, but I have do have some notes that I want to um, talk about today. I just do have a little bit of a breakdown that I just took from, from Google before, so I'll read it out. So Master Dogs follows five Kelpie puppies from the same litter with their trainers on the journey to becoming Master Dogs. The five pups bred and selected by Victorian breeder and tra- it says trailer here. Um, um, trailer, trainer. trainer. Um, Joe, Joe Spicer. Yeah. Joe Spicer, yeah. Where he um, was sent to five graziers around Australia who try to get their pup up to speed in just 12 months. So typically three years old, they say, is like the working age that dogs start to work paddle and, and, and um, actually are fully properly at work. And this was the experiment to see, can we get them up to that level and joining the pack at 12 months old? Um, I thought it was really cool. There was another trainer there that was teaching everybody. So he has his own school. His name's Neil. Do you remember his last name? No. Look how bad we are. Um, So anyway, Neil was- um, I was concentrating more on the dogs. (laughs) Of course, right? So he has a school and he um, instructs lots of people, goes around the country by the looks of it and teaches- people how to teach their dogs how to be the best muster dogs. Muster dogs is specifically got to do with moving cattle. Uh, am I correct? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. So, um, we've got our city. I'm, to- I'm pretty, yeah, I, I don't know the first thing about a farm, but I'm pretty sure muster, muster refers to cattle. Yeah. Well, could it could it be sheep as well? Just livestock, I guess? Someone someone tell us. We, we, we could Google it right now. I'll Google it right now. Oh, he's Googling it. What does we do need someone aside here to Google factor fact check us? Oh no, it's mm, like yeah, livestock. Cool, there you go. So just just in general. So I, I, I. It's a military term, eh? It comes from uh, muster means to assemble troops, especially for inspection or in preparation for battle. Oh, there you go. A formal gathering of troops. Ah, so you can it can be a verb or a noun. Okay, so when it's a noun, so a muster of troops is like a group of them. formal a formal gathering of troops, especially for inspection, display, or exercise. Interesting. That is cool. It also is the. It says here, a rare usage is the. Uh, what's the word? Group noun. What do they call it? Group noun. Is that the word? You know, when you have like a murder of crows or a flock of sheep, Mm -hmm. whatever that, I can't remember what they call that. So, but this can also be a muster of peacocks, a group of peacocks. There you go. That's interesting. Well, I thought it was really cool to see how five trainers work their dogs in five different ways or, of course, in their own different way. And it did say at the beginning where Joe Spicer knew every knew a little bit about each different trainer, and he specifically found first of all five puppies out of the litter that he would think would be good for a working role, and then he then out of those five selected specifically to the actual people. So there's a selection process, and I think something for the everyday dog owner to think about is 
well, with the dogs that we have, are they, have they been selected for you? Have you selected the dog and what have you selected them for? I think it's interesting here that seeing dogs at a working line. So like just getting these Kelpies and bringing them into your home for a pet dog role is like not a good idea <laughs> because unless you have the time and the energy and the experience and the management and they have, the, no, and they have the, no place in suburbia, no place. And unless you're working them to a, le- a level where they can be fulfilled. And most of these dogs don't fit that criteria. And there are obviously people that have Kelpies, but they may not be coming from working line roles. They could just be just normally bred Kelpies. We'll, we'll, we'll call them yeah. that. And then there's like show line Kelpies. But yeah, um, they were saying like that level of dog, as in what Joe breeds, they could, I think it, they could go for like 30 grand a piece. That's insane. Hey. And yeah. of course, that's when they're fully trained. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. say, yeah. It'd have to be, right? Yeah. I think that, that was what's Not up, 30 so. grand and you have to train it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, you know, I just think how each dog had a different capability to see how they work and it'll have a specific role within the pack. So, and again, don't mind me with getting my terms wrong, but there was a dog that's in the leader. There's a dog that's at the back. There's a dog that's on the side. Some can hold the cattle closer to the fence. The other one is leading the pack and like moving them around. And each Kelpie seemed to fit differently within each person's pack. And I thought that's just really cool to see how, like just watch, just the show and watching how, just watching a dog specifically do the thing that he was specifically bred for just seems so relieving. It's cool, right? It's just so refreshing, right? Yeah. Because there's no like real, like, of course, you have to teach them. Yes, you have to like do the stuff and, and I never day. knew about the, the rakes. The rake, you know? what a, what yeah. a sophisticated item. <laughs> it gets the job done, eh? I would, I mean, I'd never given it much thought. And I guess, you know, now well, they don't teach it. You're harnessing an, an, an a behavior. Yeah. But instinct. I always thought like, so there's the instinct, but then, I always thought, like, how do they train it? But now we know. Well, like, watching how the dog wants to do the thing, he won't want to, like, I'm going to move cattle to the left or to the right or mm. stop them. But he's like, I just want to run in and bite the, dog, bite the cattle and I want to hold them. I want to, I want to focus on them. I do want to run around them. But I don't think the dog knows that he's doing that. But I think what's really cool is if you can harness the natural energy of what mm. the dog's producing and you, and you harness it towards a particular outcome and then of course that becomes a trained dog a trained behavior and then have them on verbal commands and physical gestures and in context i just think it's fascinating i think it's really cool and i think everyone who has i think everyone who has a dog and everyone who's listening to this should go and watch that i'm not sure people outside of australia where you can watch that um but the internet's a wonderful place i think uh, well it's on netflix i don't know if so maybe if you have netflix and you're listening to this from either the USA or like Britain, you might have to turn your VPN on, but it is on Aussie Netflix. So if you turn your VPN on and you change your Netflix to Australia, um, then you should be able to get it. Or just use a um, Aussie VPN and go to ABC iView. You can watch it on there, but you can't watch iView from overseas. So you have to trick it into thinking you're in Australia. There you go. Yeah. For everyone who knows what that means, get onto it. Yeah. Um, I do know. <laughs> I know a little bit about what that means, but um, I know enough to, you know, get and change the Netflix sign. That's about it. I'm not that. I'm not that clever. Google it. Um, but yeah, really, really cool. Um, what did you think about the last episode? And what did you? And of course, listen to this. There's lots of spoilers, but we're not. We're not very yeah, specific so about what we're like saying. If you so. haven't watched it, or no, I think we'll just give the spoiler warning and then. Yeah, just, just do pause it. Pause it now. Watch the show. Yeah. And listen to us, or listen to us, and then watch the yeah, show. Yeah, because it's we're, very hard for us to talk about it without giving it giving it away. Like otherwise, we can't really discuss it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what did you, you think about warned. about um, Frank? Um, and because you said that they were your favorite, and you were happy mm. to be one. But what did you think about um, the different dog combinations and how they went, considering the effort they put, and of course, considering the fact that we watched something that went over one year. And we watched it in like four one-hour episodes. So you know. the the biggest thing, the first and the and also the biggest thing I want to mention about this whole show is, you know, the fact that Frank won with Annie 
I think is testament to the fact that or showing that how important like the bond is between mm-hmm. a handler and the dog. Yeah. Probably like I think that comes before everything else. Yeah. And I think he proved that. True. You know, like mm-hmm. he wasn't even he didn't have to like instruct the dog or you know not not like he wasn't doing it at all but it was it was I think she just she was they were much more in tune with each other. They were in tune. And would you say is what you see like him specifically had a different lifestyle than the rest. Like, you know, I think all of them had a different way to move cattle for different reasons. You know, the one who owned Chet would go around teaching people and training people all around the place. You had um, the um, Rob who had Lucifer, um, and I just can't stand the name. And actually another thing that I want to mention is that, and I think they mentioned that in the episode, is that you should be careful what you call your dog because they very well can become the thing you've called them. Yeah. <laughs> it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> well, it happens, you know, like, oh, this is my dog Turbo, not, not anything against Turbo, but then you allow crazy, ridiculous behavior, but that's his name. That's what he does, right? I think subconsciously we may um, accept what we don't really need to accept. But anyway, my point there is that you can see the different styles of training, different work and a different different level of experience. But you can see Frank was more like, I'm chill. Things will happen. They happen when they happen. We're working with the flow where others were like, we're really busy. We're swamped. I need to put the time into the training. It was like more like I have to do this thing where I felt with Frank was like, we're doing the thing. And when it happens, it happens. And it just is what it is where you had um, others going, we don't have any cattle to work. So it's very hard to work the cattle. Um, and then you can see from Robert the right from the beginning is like, you know, I'm going to let him have his confidence and do his thing. And, you know, I'm not going to be too strict. It's like, Oh my God. Um, I just, when I saw that, I think that was in episode one. I'm like, that's just either he's going to have a transforming um, moment or, um, <laughs> or, or things aren't going to go hundred percent. And, and, and it panned out how it panned out. I don't think anyone was better or worse. Um, but it was, I, I do agree. I did like how, I also liked how Chet and her and, and his owner, I love mm. how she works a dog. She's very upfront. She's straight up down the barrel. There's no, no bullshit. She's, you can see how tiring that job is and how stressful it would be. Mm. But she got like 30 dogs on the road or something, right? Yeah, it's a lot. I also think they should, have, they should have ranked them. So, yeah. like, because, yeah, if Annie and Frank won, but then, I mean, I would even, I would exclude Joe's dog because she, um, yep. she hadn't had any training. Frankie, mm-hmm. was it? I think so. Frankie was, was the untrained one. Um, but the other four, they should have given them a place, I reckon. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. That was a bit of an anticlimax, I felt. I heard that there was a second season coming out. Yeah, I was just border Googling it before. There's, a, there's another one this year, yeah. With Border Collies? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't cool. know about that. I just said it's coming this year. Oh, yeah, cool. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so seeing how each dog in one litter bred for a specific thing, had a different capability within the pack. Lessons to be learned because how I'm going to look at anything, especially when it comes to dogs, is how can that apply to what we do and how I can, um, you know, teach my clients. For example, you may have the one dog, but then you look at the sibling to your dog from another family and you're watching on Facebook, on your Facebook group. It's like doing different things. Why does my dog, my dog can't just roam in the park and like not chase every bike. And my dog wants to chase the bike. It's like each dog has their own unique expression in life. And I think that was true even for people that are specifically trying to get a a specific type of dog for a specific type of job. And even those dogs have a ranking of how good they are. I think the variation within a litter is massive. Yeah. And I think that there has to be a bit of thought put into that when, when it comes to you judging your dog or judging any dog for that matter, is that Mm. look at them for what they are as well as the bloodline of where they came from and everything else. I think that was worth mentioning. Um, Another thing here that I have is, where am I? How working breeds work compared to living as pets. So, for example, like with Chili, because I can, of course, talk only about my own dogs, is that 
the last last week when we were working significantly every day, we, we, we're training every day, keeping him fulfilled. Or I just I got a new bike. We're riding the bike as an as a different type of exercise because so we have like different types of exercise for chili. Sometimes I'll throw I'll chuck it. I'll throw the ball on on the ball thrower, give him some big cardio, big sprints. Sometimes we're working on, we're playing tug for obedience. Um, And then now another different flair would be, hey, it's raining and I'm time poor. Let's get on the bike and like ride for like, you know, three Ks or something. He loves it. He like fully into it. So cool. But again, I don't rely on just one or the other because I don't want to just be constantly riding a bike, riding a bike, and then just making a very fit, crazy um, athlete on my hands. Yeah, you just turn, you just turn him into a weapon. Exactly right, <laughs> and um, so it, it, it's it's good to to vary it up. But he, I saw the other day when it was a Thursday, I worked him a little bit during the day, but it was a lot less. I had a meeting on in the afternoon. I didn't get back and like from from the meeting and and the outing around about eleven o'clock, and I made the decision. I'm like, look, I know I could work you right now, and I should work you, and I should do the thing I need to do, but I'm prepared to to clean up the mess tomorrow. Now I could just put him in a crate, put him behind the fence, but I'm like, no, I'm giving you the backyard. Um, but I knew I was prepared. So the next morning he found some like random pot from the side of the house and pulled it out and destroyed it. And, <laughs> you know, I just fixed it up. And then again, so like I expect that now that's one day, that's one day I missed out on some training. That's not the dog gets out for the, for the Sunday afternoon walk. Who <laughs> needs to be worked constantly. Now here's a question right? for you. Talk to me. Let's, do you reckon... Do you re- so okay. Do you reckon chili? So it's like one you missed one day, right? So do you reckon his tolerance for missing work, let's say, is lower because he gets trained so much, or higher because he gets trained so much? That's an awesome question. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So totally. like, has he come to expect it, and then that one day off was like, you know, he's like, you know, fuck this, I want to get out. Or whatever, mm. right? Like he, you know, takes it out on the pot, or is it the other way around? Well, it's hard to say because it's be very. It's not like we can ask him. You'd have yeah, to that, that as you'd well have to as, run the experiment. I'm not going to live three months with not doing much with him to see what that changes in mm. him. You know, and also, but as in like, if let's say a dog like that somehow ended up in suburbia and he never got the level of training to begin with that you that you've given him. I, I I have an inkling it would be a lot worse because his instincts would be Well look he would, I think he would find that fulfillment in ways that the that that owner would not want. So when I think I heard Glenn talking about on the Canon Paradigm talking about, yeah, you know, you don't do the things with the dog, you don't train them, walk them, exercise them, fulfill them. And the dog digs holes and runs circles and chases birds in the shadows. And he mentioned how yeah, the dogs just doing what dogs do, and again, I'm not like I'm. First of all, I'm not I'm not paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing, and I'm not taking everything word for word from what he said. But there were, but there was something. There was something at first where I was shocked that he said it, but then I thought about it later. I was like, oh, I think I know what he means. Is that yeah, a dog doesn't get as much exercise and training as they that me and you would think that they need and that they should have, and they dig the holes and they tear up the stuff and we're like look at the dog he's so stressed out that he has to dig holes and destroy stuff and it's like the dog's just not thinking he's stressed out the dog's just acting out and just doing whatever like you know you um you're bored at school so you carve your name at the, on, on the table like it's not like oh poor panos he's stressed out. It's like he's bored and he's just filling in time and he's doing something creative because it's exciting now it's destructive it's not part of what the class wants you to learn you're just doing a behavior because it's enriching in one way or another. You know, I just don't want holes dug in my house and my house destroyed. I want a high enough drive dog that is intelligent. He has enough motivation to do difficult stuff that he's energetic enough that he can keep up with me all day and some. So I think there's a certain element of I need all the things that he has except I just want to be able to not work him for three days and he just lays down like spades and does nothing. Um, but it's just not what you have. You can't really have it all. And you can kind of have it all as long as you have the right expectations as well as um, being able to – well, like you should also assess what – like if you have a working breed, you should watch master dogs 
and look at the level of necessity that these dogs need to work. Like most of these people aren't getting a Kelpie and then just hanging out on the farm and just throwing the ball here and there. Like I don't even think, again, I don't know anything about that world. I don't know if they're getting any of those dogs and they're throwing the ball for them or they're doing much sort of obedience training in the way that we would do it. I just, I don't know if that's a thing. Another mm. thing I want to, uh, that I was wondering is, well, they're not moving cattle every day. So does that mean for three or four days, they're just kind of hanging around and doing nothing. And then when it's time for work, they work for the whole day, you know, and sometimes some dogs get worked every day and they have to rotate the dogs. So there's a lot of nuance to all of that, that, that brings up questions, but because for example, yeah, there's a day that I don't do as much with Chili than others, but on a general, in, in general, he's being fulfilled enough mentally and physically. And we're working on whatever training that we've set out for that month and the goals that we have. First of all, I enjoy doing it. It's pretty fun to do. It'd be really weird not to have a dog. Uh, like if I woke up tomorrow and there was no dogs in my house, or even when we got back from holiday and my um, one of my dogs, uh, Chili was out in whoop whoop and spades and nookie were like one suburb away at my parents' house. I'm like, I think I should just, even though it's 9.30 at night, I'm going to go pick up the dogs. It's pretty weird. <laughs> so weird. Too quiet? It was, yeah, it was just too quiet. It was just too weird. Yeah. Um, I remember so, that actually. We, we, I think we had, um, I think there was one, yeah, there was one night when we, after we, so the day we got back from our honeymoon, uh, there was, there was no uh, like dog shuttle, dog taxi on that day from because he was at um terrigal oh yeah right? so we had to wait one more night and we were here for one night without him and that felt super weird because like that's literally never happened you know since so we got weird. him yeah well like i felt so weird enough that i had to go pick up my dogs does that mean like what you said oh i didn't get much exercise today i'm gonna act out because normally i get heaps where mm. if i just trained him once or twice a day but then because I did train him twice that day. I just didn't do much with him from like two o'clock onwards. Hmm. So like normally, like after this, I'll have some dinner and take the dogs out because Spades and Nookie need their walk. Chili gets his extra training session, make sure that he's cool. So I, when I sleep tonight, they can sleep as well. So it's um, it's interesting just to know that how much input you should put in. Now for me, I know the output I get back from him, but um. But yeah, when you look at these working dogs, how fulfilled they are, they, they have to work for their water. Like, and they constantly, like, you know, another thing as well, like, you know, the, the attitudes of country people and the working mentality, they're still like, there's a reason why there's like the old adages that we say that just don't really apply to like the pet dog. It's like, oh, the dog's thirsty. Well, you do your work and I'll give you water. We're like, we're like, water has to be accessible at every freaking moment of life. Otherwise, everyone's going to dehydrate and die. And it's just like not true. Like, for example, if I'm throwing the ball for chili and whether this is correct or not, or this is, this is true or not, or if I'm cruel or not. But if I'm like training with him and we're doing a ball session and he just like pisses off on me and goes and drinks water halfway through the session, I'm like, we're finished. Like, you don't just drop the ball yeah. to go get the water. Now, some would be listening going, what the hell, Panos? You're such a freaking tyrant. And I'm like, well, you think that, first of all, if it was a 40-degree day, super hot, and I'm throwing the ball, I'm the idiot for going to purposely, you know, and, I, and again, I'm not punishing him in terms of you're not allowed to go get water. It just means the game's over, which then also means, yes. Maybe it also means that he didn't probably, like, so- is it, it's like, uh, is it negative punishment or negative reinforcement? Because, like, if I, I he would, wanted to play with, if, if the ball was higher value in his mind, he would have ignored the water at that moment. Yeah, for sure. Now, you think, ending the session to say that, for example, some people would go look at that and go, oh, yeah, sweet, that's negative punishment. You've taken the, um, you know, you've removed access to the game. But, like, did he want the game in the first place if he, if he left it to go and take water? I think he definitely wanted it. I just think the desire for drinking water in that moment was higher than me throwing the ball again because, of course. Now, it could also be, Panos, you went too many repetitions. I mm. should have finished a bit earlier. So I'll finish the game because if I continue throwing the ball, he may, and, I, and I'm a bit scarred from Ace, 
throw that ball too much, overheats and goes into a seizure. So I'm like, bah, I don't want a dog. Mm. But again, we're talking like huffing and puffing and Chile rarely just, or sometimes you'll just like, I'll be throwing the ball and be like, Ooh, tree over there. I'm going to go and pee on it. And I'm like, cool. We're finished. And I put the ball away. It's like, ah, damn it. I should have been more focused on the game again. Mm. Do we have the dogs that are working and mustering cattle? Are they disappearing to go do a pee or to go drink some water? I don't think so. I could be wrong. And please correct me if I'm wrong. And I guess you can get five different farmers say five different things probably about like, yeah, I'll let my dog pee. I don't care. But I'm talk- I'm looking more at um, the attitude of it. Like, for example, some people at home wouldn't ever think about using water as an accessible resource. They just see it as just a resource that your dog should get. The attitude of a working person is, no, my dog has to always work for anything. Um, or they kept on saying, I'm the alpha. I'm the alpha because they're looking. And when you think about it, there's 15 to 20 dogs in front of you. You have to know that, look, listen, without me, none of you can survive and none of you can operate properly. You need me. Where if there was so much accessible things to all these dogs, why don't they just go and kill the cattle? There's enough of them to like act out and just go against it, but there's not enough motivation for them to just disappear because none of these dogs are on the lead. All these mm. dogs are just running around cattle and you're talking to them and they're listening to you. So the necessity to be alpha or to be dominant or to be in control. And again, when I say these things, they're not like being cruel to the dogs in any way, shape or form. They just have an attitude of, no, I'm in control because this is dangerous stuff, dangerous for the dogs, dangerous for cattle, dangerous for me. And that I need to have a level of control. Even if it means after we work, I'll give you access to water. And some of these working dogs, when you get fed a couple of times a week, they'll get like the leftovers and a carcass. And they like they're like I'm talking like a real proper it's like kelpie. Proper, it's more like proper uh like more like hunter gatherer diet. Like as in they didn't eat every single they didn't and every single day, day. It keeps them sharp, yeah. it keeps them, you know, like even um, for example, my wife they would before. feast and then go without it for two or three days until the next one. For sure. Like even Tanya before, like she just said, oh, why don't you eat something so you have energy to do the podcast? I'm like, listen, if I eat now, I'm going to go to sleep. Uh, I, I don't eat until all the jobs are done for the day. Otherwise, mm. I'm just going to sit here and be all sluggish and talking slow, right? So yeah, right. Um, there's an element to that as well. Feed the dog, then make them work. It's crazy. Like even now tonight's different. I fed the dogs three hours ago. So when I go for a walk, it's different. But I typically like we go for the walk. We do the training. We do all the stuff. We come back home. Hey, there's food here now. And they're like, awesome, let's eat. Um, but again, I don't need to be this strict because my dogs aren't doing the same work as like they're not mustering any any animals, right? Um, and the job that I'm giving my dog is a surrogate to the job that these dogs actually have. So like I'm sure Chile in some sort of situation in history his lineage was actually working cattle and sheep. And now they probably like they do different things. We breed them for different, different purposes. And it's nice to know, like, just like, for example, I do, I've always liked Kelpies. Um, I've got a coolie. I, I think I'll always have, like, I've, I've tried out um, Julie as a coolie and I'm happy with him as, as a breed. I, I think the differences between a cattle, um, the, the coolie and the Kelpie is, Coolies are probably a little bit more sensitive, probably a little bit more like a, like appeasing. Um, I think Kelpies, especially depending on like what sort of um, bloodline, I guess, is they're a little bit more hardier, a little bit more like a bit more intensity than than um that than the coolie. Um, a, a different type of intensity, but um, I think I'll, my point is that I think I would always have like a Kelpie in my life, or at this stage, it's a coolie. I think they're kind of similar. Mm. anyway um now because i'm into that dog as a breed that's why i gelled with understanding and watching mustard dogs i saw oh my god that's why the behavior is oh for that oh my god that makes so much sense i think regardless of anyone's you know feelings one way or another towards kelpies or coolies it's hard to watch something like that and not be impressed even if you're Oh, like I love Kelpies, I love Coolies, which I do as well. Um, I mean, Shadow's half Kelpie, right? Um, no, I'd say more like you, can you have a German very, Shepherd. Very, it's a very impressive show. 
For sure. You have a German Shepherd or you're into Terriers, then, okay, you're into Terriers, for example. And, and Roger constantly sending me those, um, these reels of, and he's like, I think he's obsessed too. You could tell <laughs> me if, if, if I correct me if I'm wrong, Roger. But um, like, for example, the, the latest video, all the Terriers are covered in mud. They're all wiry little freaking spazzo looking dogs. They're all <laughs> wide eyed, just staring at this container, staring at this container. And they're like, all right, pull it up. And then, like, obviously, the crane pulls up the container and the rats just go boom. And then the dogs are onto it and just killing every one of them. And I would suggest if you have a terrier, you're into terriers, watch what terriers do as a job. Just YouTube that shit and then look at where they, what they were bred for, what they were originally meant to do. Watch it, like, experience it and then go, oh, that's why you do X. Oh, that's why you act out in certain situations. Looking at it, first of all, gives you a different expectation of why your dog is so disgusting. <laughs> you know, he why does my dog want to like kill the rat and roll into it? It's like he wants to rub his scent all over, like he wants to get that scent all over him because he has that that desire to to mask his scent and to go out hunting. He will go and chase a, a, a rabbit and not stop because that's what he was bred to do. Why are you so surprised? So watch it so you have a different expectation along with how can I fulfill my dog to be a little bit more... Um, settled in his off time so um again definitely watch master dogs but look at what is where did your dog come from you know and i think there's a there's a big element of learning history i think as i get older i'm now like starting to realize oh we should pay attention to history and read the history books and learn a little bit about where i came from where's my bloodline come from what was i doing if i lived two thousand years ago because if you can learn from there, then you can understand a bit more now and you can prepare for the future. So, um, so I think there's something to, to learn from, from so many different angles about watching dogs actually do the real work. And I think Jay Jack was saying to us on, on the podcast is if you can't give the dog the actual thing that he was meant to do, then give him the closest possible surrogate to it, as close as you can. And I think that's why GRC, for example, is so – valuable first of all jay has had the experience of watching dogs and experiencing dogs fighting for real and then he saw it disagreed with it changed his philosophy and and who he hung out and again i don't think he could control his environment when he's like 14 years old so as he got older he un he he had different thoughts and feelings and he and but because of the experience of watching dogs have to be conditioned and to have to actually fight and he we're talking like pit dogs and bull breeds and then now what is created out of GRC being that the dog is uh, and now what's the closest possible thing to hanging off another animal and having to push through um, and be tough and to be mentally and physically tough to get through challenging things and to do that with your person, doing the weight pull, doing the wall climb, doing the spring pole and hanging off that tug for as long as you can hang on. That's the attributes to the dog that, and that's the closest surrogate to the actual thing. Because it would be inhumane to fulfill your animal by letting him kill other animals just because that's just what he was bred to do or that's what they like to do. And I think there's something to that. And, yeah, after watching Mustard Dogs, I'm like, I should find a, a, um, a sheep herding place and I wanted, I would love to take um, Chili and, and do a bit Is of that. Is that a thing? Like, can you do that? Yeah, definitely. Hey, I've got a couple of my clients actually will go up to a um, to one of the sheep places, which is – uh, quite just so you know when you're drinking that drink you're like making the most intense noises into your microphone oh, just, I? Like, <laughs> you know, just for oh, the other shit. listeners to know that i heard that too listen to me um, drinking my water yeah <laughs> um and yeah and then also so another thing that um so there's a, a a guy that i know farmer dave i met him he's a he's a dog trainer he's up near windsor ways and he's actually on big brother um, a couple of times. Um, what a legend. I met him at the ESA show. Um, we've been in contact. I went up to go help him. He's got, he runs a charity called rough track. I'm not sure if he runs it or if he's, uh, he's, he's a part of it. Um, we're going to get him on the show as well and have a cool chat. So rough track is where he's got, um, there's like unfortunate young children under the age, like between 11 and 18. I think that's the age group. Yeah, like, like under, the underprivileged, underprivileged, being in yeah. and out of the system, and just need a, a second chance. Boys at life. and girls, boys and girls, 
and yep. they come and they all and there was 38 dogs there. There's 38 kids enrolled. They all have a dog and they are there to be responsible for the dog, the training. Some dogs That's are mad. for the sheep herding. So they did a sheep herding um <laughs> trial on the weekend. Um and and then some other dogs are, are used for like a wall climb sort of thing, and another and other dogs are used for different other activities or like sport, I would say. Along with they are there to like teach the dogs and like and I went there to help them teach certain commands and 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 different behaviors to their dogs. And to, I got a feel for that because I went out there last week to give them a hand and and we'll see how we're going to go in terms of how we're going to work with each other in the future. So that's pretty exciting. I love the fact that um first of all there was like 38 kelpies and all their different runs and different parts around <laughs> the whole property. You're in heaven. Um, it was so cool. It's also cool that we can use the dogs for a particular job and then using these jobs to do a particular job and helping young children make um have have a better chance at life and learning responsibility and discipline and having you know other elders we'll call us elders around them to help them assimilate into society so that when they become of age that they can get a job and like one of the guys that has been there since like the beginning sort of thing like a couple like maybe six years or so um is finishing a certificate three going to get into the work for um for so it's just it's really cool to have because dogs truly bring us all together right you can be a farmer in the middle of australia you can be a young family uh in bondi and everything in between and we and one common denominator is dogs. They come to my group class and you'll see every different type of person. Where like if you go to CrossFit, you're going to see a certain type of person. If you go to archery, you may see a certain type of person. That's not fully true because, of course, there's different different types of people attracted to a certain thing. But dogs, you could be anyone. And now I know some people don't like dogs, but most people like dogs. And most people find dogs appealing and exciting. I just think that using that to help these young guys. Um, but anyway, my point was that they did a sheep um, trialing, a sheep herding trial just on the weekend. And um, and there, there are around where you can go there, even if you went there for the day, went there for the training time, and then you can go um, on like a set time each week, or you can go like whenever you can make it. So I should, if anyone's listening and knows one, that they can recommend, hit me up. Otherwise, I'm going to go do on the research. And if I can fit another thing in my schedule, another another side hobby, and the problem with us, we've got to drive so far away to get anywhere close to anywhere you can even have sheep or a dog can herd them, right? Like you got to drive at least an hour and a half, two hours. So, you know, it's a bit of a pain in the butt. But um, the last thing I wanted to mention for today's episode was the expectations of a one-year-old dog versus the three-year-old dog for working capability. So they say that, and we have mentioned many times on the podcast that a three-year-old dog, we will call a mature dog. Their brain is fully matured. Their body is fully physically um, um, developed and formed. And that makes sense that you are now at your prime. You're at a good place to be within, you know, because of course it's a very dangerous job as well. If you have a young dog that gets kicked by a a bull or, or by a cow, then- that can be a lasting effect where the dog may may not want to work anymore. Where if they they've had it, they've eased into it over the first three years and and had enough experience where they they're a bit more they have more longevity in the game. But isn't that interesting? Where you have a dog that's 10, 12, let's say ten or eleven months old, and the expectation some people have of that dog is as if they're all like, oh, they look big. So, like, why does he act like a maniac? It's like, dude, he's like, for us to say that the working dog, which was bred specifically to do this particular work, and we'll see as an experiment if this dog can be working at one years old, where normally we'd say three years old's a thing, then how do we, why are we we having the expectation of the one-year-old dog in our home to act as if they're fully grown? As if, like, you have a 12-year-old and you're acting as if, why isn't he acting like a 25-year-old? I don't get it. It's like, because he's not. <laughs> so I think we put so much, like even the other day, I had to catch myself because some dogs are more capable than others. Some owners are more instrumental with their training than others. And it's like, oh, for a certain behavior that we're trying to fix in a dog. I um, mean, it's like more of an obedience thing. And I'm like, oh, remind me how old's a dog. And I, for some reason, thought he was like 18 months old. And he's like, oh, he's nine months old. I'm like, shit. 
ease back. Just relax. Don't like take your time with it because just because the dog has the capability, sometimes they haven't got the maturity for us to put enough pressure on them. So like you're going to, you're going to act calm at this coffee shop, for example, or we're at the park. You're going to act your age when you're at the soccer game. It's like, you're asking too much of your dog. Yeah. Well, he is acting his age. <laughs> that's that's the point. Did you I just say, said yeah. that, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's true, right? So, um, well, act well, what, what no, I think. Well, I think what you mean is they they don't understand what yeah. his mental age is. That's the thing, right? Yeah. And how do you know? Like, you look at a two year old dog, a three year old dog. Yeah. What's what's the difference? Like, it's a whole year difference. It's huge. Two between a two year and three. is a long time when you live ten to fifteen. That's true too. That's and also, 10, you know, anywhere up to ten percent of your life. So that's true. Yeah. Good point. Well, look if. You saw the difference between me at 14 and 15. That's significant compared to 32 and 33. Mm. Like my age from 28 to 33, my last five years may as well just be the same in mm-hmm. terms of, yeah, I've grown, I've learned, I've matured. You've, had I've a, become, you've, you've got a child now. Well, I guess I've had a baby in that time. But in in it's like, did that happen three years ago or four years ago? Yeah, whatever. But if you're 18, you're thinking, was that three years ago, 15, or was I 16? Like, that's it's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So I think a dog between one and two or two and three is not the same as the dog between six and seven. So that's something else that, that I, I saw and I paid attention. I wrote it down is that, um, yeah, it was a big deal to get these one-year-old dogs to be working. And we have that expectation that my dog's a year old. He should just behave the way that I think he should behave in this very weird, awkward world that we live in compared to living on a property. Like most of these dogs, you think like a, a Kelpie that is working and mustering dogs, you think they go for walks for their main form of exercise? They probably go for walks just to do something. We go for a walk because it's just a thing to do, but they're not relying on the walk to be exercised. A <laughs> walk is not an exercise. Um, but we go for a boring walk and think, oh, I've walked today, you should be exercised. Um but that's far from being true. And that's why when, when you know, we talk about giving a dog a job, giving him a purpose is because the only reason why you would even think about having a dog in history was to serve a purpose where now we don't get a job to serve the purpose. And it's almost like for us to kind of have to put this out there as often as we do, because you'd be surprised that people are like, oh, shit, I didn't think I had to work a dog or like give him some purpose. I just thought like, you know. He just goes for a walk and he's happy, you know? You just so, reminded um, me of my favorite quote from the show. Now, actually, tell me. funnily enough, I didn't write down who said this. Um, I can't remember. That's all right. But just talking about the age and the years and that kind of thing, right? Um, the only thing dogs do wrong is that they don't live long enough. Mm-hmm. That that hit me up. I think it's a Frank. Yeah, it sounds like a Frank. Yeah, it's a Frank. Frank or Rob, maybe, I think it was. I don't know. Oh, you know what? I, I think, think it, it was Rob. Rob. Mm. I think it was Rob. Mm. He was hilarious. It was really sad when his other dog passed away halfway yeah. through the show. Yeah. She was that obviously a bit older. No, didn't that dog get bitten by a snake? No, no, no. No, this the one that died. Um, Rob's one. Oh, he said, right. he goes, yeah, she's sleep- she was sleeping inside because she was retired. Um, and his wife, I don't know, shared. They they just were like walked into the kitchen one night, the, the wife and the dog, and the dog just fell over and that was it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Look, I sad. think that, that what, one thing I'll do in closing of today's episode is I would love, uh, look, I love the fact that I have a dog that comes to work with me and is my like technically is my work dog. Um, I just wish one day in my life I have a dog that actually does a job that they were actually made, that we made them to do. I just wish so that. So there's really no, <laughs> well, in saying that, is is there a dog that was bred to help train other dogs? You no, know I, I mean? just wish like that Like he's I, working, he has a job. Yeah, yeah no, that, and that's my point, is that everything that I teach in like on my everyday um, schedule mm. is not what dogs were meant to do. I would we're like teaching one. them more to fit into our lives rather than exactly. express like, that, you know, no human was designed to go to the fucking gym. Like it's just craziness. But I would sell, I would tell you, dude, you need to go to the gym. 
to stay fit, to stay strong, especially now you've got yes, lots of commitments, yeah. people rely on you. Because if it was back in the day, you're chopping lumber and you're walking and you're hurting the- like you're doing Incidental so much- exercise. That's what yeah. they would have- like, they, I mean, there's the, like the concept of exercise in general is a modern thing, right? Because Think about it. we'd only train so that we're for like, again, now we're going to go down a rabbit hole. But if you're a, like farmer's strength, like, because you're picking things up, you're moving rocks, mm. you're, you're digging holes with this, like, shovel. Like, they're like, I don't need to do workout. I'll bloody work out as work. Yeah. Compared to now, of course, and you should probably weapon. do some exercise to make sure that your body's strong enough so that you don't get injuries. But that's like now we're talking about, like, a physio type of exercise. Keep the structure strong so that if you're just doing a repetitive behavior, you're going to hurt yourself. But if you're doing all, like, if you're a jack of all trades, and that's what a farmer is, he's doing everything, then you're strong. Or if you were hunting and gathering, like you think the guy, like the, the pygmy um, um, hunter-gatherers, or I, I think I've, I've watched, well, it wasn't the pygmy, wherever it was, you think they're working out? These guys run for like three hours chasing baboons to kill them and eat them. They're jacked. They're strong. They like can hang on a they can climb a tree in no time and they don't lift weight. So my point there is that what we're teaching dogs to do is to do the unnatural thing to live in the unnatural world. I would just love if I had a dog that was a hunting dog or if I had a dog that herded up some of my sheep so I can move them to another paddock so that I don't have to cut my grass because my sheep cut my grass and I use their wool to whatever. And do you see what I mean? Um, yeah. I just, it just be, it just seems so fulfilling to have the dog that does the primal activity, the instinctive thing that they were meant to do, and it serves you and it serves them. And it's like, that's just like the, the best, the best thing you can give a dog, I think. Then you have to question, how about the dogs that were bred to like literally do nothing, like a pug? Like, what were they meant to do? I don't know um, their, their origin. I should look that up. But um, it's just interesting. It, it's thought provoking. And for me, it gets me questioning about myself as well, about what was I meant to do? And, um, like DNA genetically, what was what was the the ancestry line, and then what I do today to surrogate for that? Um, am I doing a good job or not? You know, so it's a it's a that's an objective subjective question. Subjective question, something that only uh, I can answer. Subjective, yes, yeah. yeah. We're trying to improve our vocabulary so that we can <laughs> have a more deeper and more profound conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All in all, I bloody loved that show. It was, it great. was really cool. I highly recommend it to anyone. Um, track it down on iView or Netflix, either way. And it, it's one of the best shows I've watched in recent memory. Yeah, it was cool. I'm looking forward to the next one that comes out. Mm. I hope they do Border Collies. I want to see what their different flair is. Yeah, so I they, wonder. I heard. Because they'll need a different hook for the second season. Otherwise, it's just kind of the same thing. Well, like, I think Kelpies were like can be used for either sheep and cattle. Border Collies generally only for sheep and then cattle yeah. dogs only for cattle. And I think the yeah. Kelpie was like the one that can be a bit more flexible. Right. Mm-hmm. I heard that. Again, don't quote me. Don't know how true that is. Well, um, it's July now. You know, they don't put any new shows on after like November. So it's got to be coming out soon if they are bringing it out this year. Yeah, not sure. Mm. All right, bro. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you yeah, we both of us are just getting all tired and can't be bothered anymore <laughs> for the outro. You know yeah. what to do. Send us some love. Keep listening. Train your dog and watch the show. Keep an eye out for. Uh, keep an eye out for our. Well, we're trying something new, aren't we? We Panos discovered a AI um, like reels editor, so it does it for you. So the biggest bandwidth has in us not having more let's say video content out there is just like the, t- the manual labor of sitting down and doing it is, is too hard. But now there's, I mean, there's AI for that. So we're going to mm-hmm. try this new thing and we'll see how it goes. There's going to be AI for everything soon. AI is going to steal every word that we've said and package it into something. And then they're going to just hack. Have you heard about scare. the deep, the deep fakes? That they can so like, we're screwed. You, know, <laughs> you are, yeah. They don't, I mean, they, they only need like, I think it's 10 minutes or maybe, yeah, something not not much. So like one episode of us. Yeah, we're screwed. Would be enough. And they can like totally replicate your voice. So they can not just replicate your voice, but they can call from your number. So let's say, for example, my phone number calls my mum and they say, Hey, we've got your son hostage. 
and yeah. then they'll have my well, they, voice they in the background. They don't even do that. They just go, hey, mom, I crashed my car. Can you send me True. some money? True. Because they're, very, they're, they're much more cunning. Um, True. What was the Scary other one? Stuff. There was another one that I've heard about. Oh, I saw it on Instagram. So they've got this. So, for example, they had uh, Frank Sinatra's voice. Singing a T Pain song, yes, and it that. was like so. The music and the singing, and it was Frank Sinatra. It was like sounded like a song from the when was he alive? The fifties, sixties. Sounded like that, but it was like rap lyrics. It was yeah. bizarre, and it was just like so. Uh, what's the word? Like it just sounded so real. Well, Mel Gibson had a quote, and he said. Don't believe anything you hear and only half of what you see. That quote has to now be updated to don't believe anything you hear, don't believe anything you see, believe nothing. No text, all, no phone calls. It's all bullshit, <clears throat> all of it. But um, mm. no, we're going to try to get more presence um, on our socials, get more, try to get like a YouTube thing happening just so you can like see some of our heads and, you know, at nighttime talking about dogs. Um, and yes, if there's anything that you guys want us to watch, and then talk about it. Or if there's any other topics that you want us to cover, let us know. But the next time me and Luke are going to be on the show, we're going to be talking about puppies and we're going to revise all the puppy advice that we've given over the years and then just kind of updated version of that, whether yeah. it's um, – anyway, we'll get more into that. Otherwise, we're going to start if talking. If we were still doing podcast. the same – that puppy episode is four years old, which mm-hmm. is a long time. Yeah, things have right? changed. So if we if, – if, if people hadn't – if people stay the same in terms of their knowledge and their opinions, let's say, or their techniques, mm-hmm. it's kind of boring, right? And also now that we've established a bit more of what training's all about and now we're getting 180 plus episodes deep, we're, we're coming up with more nuanced subjects to talk about. We've had different people on the show. So now when we talk about the puppies again, it's going to be another Puppy 101 episode. We're going to be coming from it from this perspective still educating, still giving, but also you have a bit of an expectation of what to receive from us as well. So that'll be a little bit different. And of course, um, products have changed. You know, some of the harnesses, for example, that I was recommending before, they don't exist anymore. They don't make them. They've made different ones now. So we're going to do that. Um, So be prepared for that over the next week or two, maybe two weeks. See you guys. Have a good one. See you later. Bye-bye.